0: We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 87. Now, John and I just got back from WorkbenchCon down in Atlanta, and today we're going to be recapping some of the learnings that we took away. And we've talked about WorkbenchCon. It's a conference for makers to help grow their businesses through networking, networking, There's specific classes on social media, video editing, blogs, and more. And plus, there's a ton of brands there from the woodworking and DIY space. So we're going to hit you with some solid takeaways that we had from the event and why it's quickly become one of our favorite shows.
1: All right, but first, we wanted to take a second to thank this week's sponsor, which is Audible. Now, in episode 85, we talked about burnout, and we found ourselves in a lot of conversations with our listeners about staying motivated. So I wanted to personally take a second and recommend a book I recently finished called Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds by David Goggins. David is a former Navy SEAL and Army Ranger who runs 100-mile marathons and is an absolute beast. And when I downloaded the book, I did it because I have an admiration for our servicemen and women and wanted to hear a good story. I've always listened to stuff like that and was just taking the next book on the list, right? When I finished it though, I wanted to run through a wall, literally, it was so motivating and they put an amazing spin on it that isn't typically available in an audio book or, or ever available in a physical book and they did a sort of podcast mashup interview with the audio reader as well as David, which was really cool. So if you're looking for a book on motivation or just a great story, um, we do have a 30 day free trial offered by the show as well as one free book. And to down Download that you can go to audible trial.com forward slash made for profit. And once again, that's audible.com forward slash made for profit. And thanks again to Audible for supporting the show.
0: Yeah. And uh, if you're looking for something completely non-business related, I would highly recommend the Sherlock Holmes series by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Read really? on auto. It's like 62 hours, dude. Dude. And you I can get Sherlock one, Holmes. And you can get it for one credit.
1: You know what I also love is like you know how in uh, I don't know if you ever go to Barnes and Noble or any of like the the like the real book retailers that are left. Oh yeah. But yeah. they have like those um, colorful like gold flake hardbacks in the store. Oh yeah. I, yep. I I I always buy those up, but I do have the the Sherlock Holmes one. That so I'm going to throw that on the docket. I, I you got need a, to put it on there. It's I've, got I've, an I've extra been listening to it
0: hours. I think coming up. <laughs> and, and and I'm listening to it on like one X because it's just like. It, you know, like I'm not trying to like mash information in mm-hmm. my brain. I'm just like, rel- it's super There's awesome. nothing better than like a good like
1: story it, that is just withstands oh yeah. the test of time.
0: It is. It's fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, so go check that out as well. But uh, before we get into it here, I did want to thank our new members that joined the MFP patron tribe. Uh, we had Adam Hess. We had Projects and Power Tools and KW Craftworks. Uh, thank you so much, guys. If you do want to support the show and get some awesome rewards, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. And we'll have links to all this stuff as well in the show notes, made for profit dot com forward slash episode 87. We'll talk about that later, too. Uh, but right now we're going to talk about WorkbenchCon. And you probably have already heard, like, who are these new guys? No, this is John and I. And our voices are still wrecked mm-hmm. from <laughs> from from WorkbenchCon. And uh, if you are following us on Instagram at all, you probably saw some of the shenanigans. There may have been uh, the karaoke here and there, it may have been uh, some fanny packs and some uh, speeches and stuff, but um, we we just had a blast at WorkMitchCon. It was our second year there, and um, and so just to be clear, we want to give some, some good takeaways for the show today, so this is not just going to be like, hey, let's talk about the fun time we had there. So if you were not there, because I know a lot of folks that were uh, not able to make it and um, it is a, a pricey ticket in the sense of it's not like one of the normal, you know, like a woodworking show that's 15 bucks to get in. Um, it is a, a several hundred dollar ticket. So if you're not able to make it, we're hoping that this can can in, in some way help shed some light on the topics that were discussed and give you uh, a few little nuggets of what we were able to get. Although uh, it will obviously never replace the actual thing because, you know, the networking piece that for me and, and John, I know like that. That's the biggest advantage of the show. It's it's amazing.
1: Yeah. And and, I mean, that's probably one of the less obvious aspects of the show because it's such a uh, it it puts so much of like the, you know, we got this class available and that class available kind of concept in your head. But what you what you pay for is honestly all of those interactions with individuals whom you may talk to all the time on Instagram and you may interact with on social. But like getting that FaceTime is like. It's it's so much different, right? And it's so much more valuable. And uh, and you know, this year uh, the show incredibly doubled in size. Like you know, la- <laughs> last year uh, they uh, they they got the concept together and put the show on, and it was done really well. And then uh, this year had some more time and some more legs to get you know uh, promotion behind it and understand more of the kind of individual who comes to it. And yeah. uh, and they put I it. I think in
0: a people th- were. I think people, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say they did such
1: a good job of like growing they it. They did. It well,
0: that's because I think that, um, I think that part of it and, and part of it was that, uh, when it first started out, people, especially those who had not gone to conferences before were like, I don't know what this is. And I, I know a lot of people like yeah. held back cause it's like, I don't know if I want to drop 300 bucks on this thing. Like mm-hmm. I've never even heard about. It. And then after I, I think I was hearing like, you know, like the signups for the email list, uh, because everybody was like, on there, talking in their stories and, you know, just watching all the stories on Instagram. You can see um, I, I didn't see any personally. And I don't know if there's any out there that were like negatively talking about it. Um, and maybe you wouldn't do a story if you didn't like it. But the people who did like it and were just like, oh, my gosh, this was the best. And like, this is so much better than last year. And I think last year there was a lot of that going on as well. And there's all that FOMO, right? There's that no, fear so of missing out. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. And so I think there were a lot of signups like right after that week, and I'm sure it's the same thing. There's like signups as far as like signing up for the email list. Uh, you know, you you obviously can't buy a ticket yet. They don't have anything locked down, but um, I know from from all things that we've heard, they are planning on doing WorkbenchCon next year, 2020, and and yeah, it was crazy to watch. To watch it grow this year yeah uh, i mean in size. like
1: look at even the the heavy hitters that were you know showing up this year last year um got to meet bob claggett from i like to make stuff for the first time and and himself and jimmy DeResta were both there this year which was amazing you know two of the most influential individuals i would say within the like our maker community and then we had jocko whatever whom i've been a fan of for so long i didn't even know he was still <laughs> making stuff and then, boom! Out of nowhere, he dropped that video a couple weeks back with his new monster shop, and he released his um his knife recently. It's in like just making massive moves within the industry. We had Glenn from um from uh, DIY, DIY creators. creators, yeah, and he yep. was like, you know, moseying around, just answering all kinds of questions and just getting to meet Slinging him in concrete. person. Yeah, getting to meet him in person. <laughs> you know, like what a cool atmosphere it was. And and then you have like. The uh, the mashup of the blog space with Anna White and, and Jen Woodhouse and you know they even,
0: Shandy, the Shanny sisters. Oh, I got to meet Sheet. the
1: Shanny sisters, which was fantastic. And 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 Jen and Anna actually even sponsored with their new business, which popped up since last year, a booth. So seeing that growth in uh, content creation and development turning into like that, uh, what their brand Spruced is about, and Jen talks about that on her show, which we had her. But like, it was just. Absolutely incredible to see how many more of the individuals whom I've watched from a distance and that end up at being, at, at, uh, you know, there's the shows overseas and stuff that get a massive traveling audience um, were there and they weren't even teaching. Right. They were just like right. soaking up the the learning. And, and so we're like, we're sitting in the same room and I took your class just because. Even though you and I converse on a because legi- I paid you legitimate daily basis, yeah. I knew that there was potentially a fanny pack in it for me. And when <laughs> and I it showed paid up, off, it, I, you know, it, it was brilliant. And it's now it's, it's sitting next to me. I got a, I got a, all my uh, stickers that I got this show unloaded in. But um, no, I'm, I went to your class more because you and I don't get to talk as much in a classroom setting. Right. And I know you put a ton, a ton of time and effort into prepping that. And it was a lot of the breakdown of what we've said here. I made for profit. But what you get in that classroom setting is like very hard deliverables and execution on the aspects of whatever's going into a a class um, that help get you from A to B. You know, like you're taking someone on a journey. We're not just sitting here vibing on topics and concepts. So your class was obviously phenomenal. And and it was uh, it was probably the most regimented class I went to. Um, But even (laughs) (laughs) surprise, surprise. Right. But even from there, you know, I loved how uh, diverse this year's class opportunities were. You know, there was we went to the SEO class, uh, which was I thought was fantastic because I'm I'm very fantastic. bad at that. Um, you know, I went to a Pinterest class. I got to go to um a a wood carving class with with Paul Jackman. Um, and I also did Ashley Harwood's class, and she's you know she's one of the most sought. This is what's incredible I think about WorkbenchCon this year specifically. She is one of the most sought after wood turning instructors in the country you know, in the world even, and she travels all over the place, teaching classes to some of um, the world in, excuse me, some of the world's most um, important symposiums and conferences for wood turners. And she was there turning in front of us, just telling us about her journey and like getting into turning and then being so inspirational. And I'm like, and I'm like you pay thousands of dollars to do this in other places. And like, even from the back end, like what a value add to be able to just take an hour and a half of her experience and then all these other amazing creators experience. Like I, that's why I don't have a voice is I can't stop talking about it and I couldn't stop (laughs) talking while I was there. Um, And and I felt like this year there was just such a growth in who they were trying to um, reach as far as the learning end of it, instead of just the content creator. Um, You know, last year a lot of us were very similar. There wasn't like as much in the blogging or say Pinterest or, you know, the website development stuff. Uh, And they just had a home run this year with, with getting a lot more encapsulating type classroom settings.
0: Yeah. I think that the, the, the really cool part is that um, the vast, vast majority of the audience were made for profit listeners. (laughs) So in my, in my session, uh, I raised the hands. like Who's who listened to made for profit? And it was like 90, 95% of the hands went up in both sessions. Uh, And it, and it makes sense because so I, I was just looking at this. So we had probably more than half of our interviewees have been were there. So we had uh, oh, Ben yeah. Ueda, April Wilkerson, uh, Bob Claggett, Jen Woodhouse, Mike Montgomery, Chris Salamoni, uh, Anne of all trades was supposed to be there. She got snowed in uh, Matt Cremona, Johnny Brooke, Jameson Rance, uh, J. Katz Moses and Keith Johnson, <laughs> as well as, as Ty from uh, Urban Timber, not not Treg. Uh, but it was yeah, it was crazy. And uh, several of the people that we have coming up in the future are also there. So uh, just to say, like, this is a a very, you know, we're going on and on because, like, this show is very much in the same thread as this podcast. Mm -hmm. So uh, lots of great stuff. know that everybody can't make it, but, um, you know, we want to look like we're going to get into. okay. so for those of you who couldn't make it in some of these classes uh, and I taught the class So John was talking about my class. I taught the class on Instagram and we are actually growth specifically. Instagram growth was a little
1: different because last year you taught about getting on Instagram and using that's
0: right. This year was a lot more. So I went to the next stage. Yeah, I went to the kind of the next step and really talked about uh, things that are working recently. And uh, we're actually going to do a whole episode on that. So we we had a lot of folks. I had a lot of folks asking me like, "Hey, can you share those slides?" And I was like, "I I had a lot of uh, personal stats and things in there that just um, it wouldn't make as much sense without me talking through them." Um, and so what we're going to do is have, uh, a show where we do our quarterly Instagram update. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a full on Instagram and, and make it kind of like, Hey, here's, here's what Briar's class was about in general and just the Instagram update. So kind of growth for 2019. So if you, if you went and missed my class or if you weren't able to go at all, you'll be able to get that. But, um, we did want to have some other takeaways, like John said, you know, from, uh the the Pinterest classes and those other classes that uh we did get a chance to go to and uh because they were awesome. They were awesome. I mean like do the 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 uh SEO class, search engine optimization. So it's all about getting your blog noticed by the Google search engine. Mm-hmm. Um Scott Seidler from uh the Craftsman blog did that and it was amazing i yeah. loved it he cro- like i'm like i you know me john like i'm pretty good at that stuff like i feel you're, like i'm in tune you're very good. and i learned right I th- over here. no i thought i was yeah. i thought i was until <laughs> i was like oh my gosh like and and i did not uh so um google every once in a while will come out with an update just like if you've ever heard like an update to the algorithm yeah. through youtube well,
1: we do, i mean we look at those updates for instagram because we're and, so heavy. And
0: exactly exactly so we look at that stuff i do not keep up to speed with that kind of stuff for SEO and I had no idea all this new stuff that came out like last August. And uh it, it was great to hear um
1: Scott. so I don't know, like
0: what were your big no, I was just saying just thinking the topics. I remembered his name. I a, <laughs> I thought you There's were a pregnant pause trying to figure out which way to go from there. <laughs> See, I'm not very
1: familiar with pregnancy yet. So you know, for, I know but, oh, by but. the
0: way, congratulations. I don't think we've talked about it on the show. No, yes. John uh, is you. now engaged. I am uh, him and his lovely fiance, Sarah In, got engaged. Uh, you hit us, hit us with the 32nd version of the engagement story. Uh,
1: so, all right, 32nd engagement story. Ready? Hit the watch. Go. Um, you know, I've been planning this for for a while now since I met her, um, and with that, I would have wanted to turn it into some cool experience and not just your everyday kind of proposal. So, I uh, planned a little trip down to DC with my uh, best friend and his wife, whom we do a lot of stuff with. And, um, and you know, we get there, and I'm thinking Lincoln Memorial. I'm thinking up in the um, actual memorial itself, overlooking the Washington Monument. Get out of the cab. And there's two thousand people there filming a movie. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, so we may or may not be in an episode of The Handmaid's Tale. It's actually a, a series on Prime, I think. Um, but so I'm like I'm in like a I don't like when things don't go to plan. So I'm essentially pivoting. I didn't have a plan B. Uh, and we walked down to the um, the infinity pool, and uh, I'm just thinking Forrest Gump in my head the whole time, right? You know, Jenny running in, um, <clears throat> but. I'm staging it to like have a uh, moment where uh, my buddy's wife is taking the photo of us and we're just taking a nice picture and then I'll go look at it. And because I'm on Instagram nonstop, Sarah's perfectly fine with me just, you know, always wanting a better picture. So I was going to fake that moment and then try to move the pose, quote unquote. And when I did that, I, uh, she would refuse to switch sides. So I have the ring in my left pocket, no box, right? I, uh. Uh, she wouldn't go on my right side. And so I end up pulling the ring out of my pocket, fumbling it on the ground. You hear that distinct ting, ting, ting ting, ting, ting. of a piece of jewelry hitting something it's not supposed to. She looks at me like, what is that? And I pick it up. I mumble some garbage that I have no clue what I say. I'm just extremely thankful I didn't throw it right in the water. Um, And (laughs) she fortunately says yes, uh, you know, starts to cry. We do that whole thing. And I I put a little post out on my Instagram and thank you all so much. If you did see that and and you gave us some feedback, that was um, absolutely incredible to see the community, you know, be so thankful uh, for something that is nothing to do with woodworking or furniture making or any of my content, Uh, still be so engaged. And I got so many congratulations and thank yous at the, uh, excuse me, congratulations and, and just positive, um, comments when we were at the show too so um in a short burst that's exactly what happened um i would you know it, it, it's been a whirlwind since i think we already have the wedding planned i might already actually be married i don't know you don't even um, know it, it, <laughs> it's just going so fast right now but um but yeah that was that was a wild wild uh series yeah. of events go you know well, get engaged come home film record a podcast go to atlanta
0: <laughs> yeah it was I, and i got the text and then he's like i dropped the ring i was like, "John." I have a, a lineman. Once a lineman, always See, a lineman. The thing you is, I, the was a, hands.
1: I was a super athletic <laughs> lineman. Like when I played for for the when I played for the Titans. Right. I had a uh, they did a punt um, catching competition. Right. And so if you're not familiar what a jugs machine is. Oh, yeah. Instead of practicing and having punters kicking the ball to you all day, um, they have this thing. It's a jugs machine. It's two tires that spin and it launches a ball. Well, you can mess with the velocity of those pretty good to get a football to to move like a ton. Right. So like you hit a golf shot and you have a draw or a fade ball hooks left or right. So they would in order to punish the rookies. Right. They would put us in competition situations to where the rookies would compete against the veterans when I was in mini minicamp um, as a rookie. And uh, they knew that the lineman couldn't catch. So they would put the lineman against the vet uh D backs or receivers and last man standing, didn't have to run as punishment um, at the end of practice. And the lineman never won except when I was a rookie, I outlasted all of the punt returners that were on that, that did the competition as veterans. Um, and they ended up actually having a rookie punt returner that year. His name was Mark Mariani. Mari Mary excuse me. But yeah, so I'm not like extremely unathletic <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. I was so disappointed in myself for fumbling the, uh, Fumble in the ring there, and, and it was um it was a pretty funny story, and it will be something her and I fortunately get to talk about for hopefully the rest of our lives, um, as what we're calling in my close
0: circle, quote-unquote, the fumble. The fumble, I like it. Well, and in true Peter McKinnon style, we turned the 30 seconds into uh, 8 minutes, so we'll uh, that's like a 2-minute Tuesday, 15 minutes. <laughs> you're welcome, and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. I, I'm super excited for you, but I, I think... So, well, I
1: think that actually is a good segue to touch on
0: something at this show that, um, you know, a lot of that we underestimate. Well, hold on. A I don't, don't I like, like, let's, let's like, we left people hanging on the SEO. I want to make sure we give them that takeaway on the SEO. Oh, true. Go back. And then I'll yes, go all All right. All right. Let's go back. So uh, this is more a free form show here. Um, the, yeah. So the SEO, because uh, if you're wondering about that stuff, the, the big thing we talked about the algorithm change and everything was that, uh, they switched up. There's this new thing where they want structured data and they're calling it schema S C H E M A schema markup. And and it's just a way to let, to really let them know. So it's like, you know, tell me about the author, who is the author and you can link. That was probably the biggest thing I took away. John was like um, that. You can go in now to your blog site uh, and as an author, so every, and we're talking WordPress here as well. I, I don't know how to do it in Squarespace or any of these others, but as an author. As you know,
1: when we suggest blogging, you know, WordPress is where you WordPress want to be. WordPress is the most configurable. Yeah, it's definitely where you want to be for blogs.
0: You can basically link in and say, you know, when Google looks at it, they just see the author of my post as just Brad Rodriguez because I don't have anything. You know, it's just this yeah. person, this name, this entry. Now they have a way where you can say, hey, it's Brad Rodriguez. And oh yeah, by the way, here's my YouTube channel. Here's my Instagram channel. Um, here's all these things that link personally to me through that. And what that does is that gives you authority. So if you are on Instagram, like a lot of our folks are, and you, you're starting to get a following, you can use that quote unquote authority to help Google know that, oh, the person writing about um, how to best care for a dining table, we tell you know as we tell you guys what to blog about, and what to do videos about as a, as a product person. Uh, you know, if you've got 50,000 followers, 20,000, 10,000, whatever it is, you've got some following, then uh, you can now get a little bit of benefit out of that. And I I thought that was super cool. And there's definitely some other things to go on about that. But uh, But, I mean, as I'm
1: going through the five pages of notes I took and I'm glad you, (laughs) I'm I'm sitting here and I'm saying like, wow, I cannot believe how much information was out there. And that like, you know, in those settings, obviously, there's some times where you're going to be in like deep deliverable note taking, right? In the in the classes, and then some of them, you know, are a more inspirational, you know. Uh, right. And right. so this, you know, but Scott's class was absolutely killer. But you and I went into it with those intentions, which I think is important. Is like okay. We know we can learn from this class. Let's pull out the notebook. I actually broke a pen I was writing so much. It got all over me and Brad. I know. <laughs> um, and 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 in that in that though, I, I realized was how important diversification of your brand is, especially in our, our content or product type, you know, maker setting. Because look at uh, look at how different your brand is from mine, right? And then look at how different my brand is from Scott, who put that presentation on. And then look at all of us standing in the same room considered as, you know, quote, unquote, influencers or experts when we're all actually still learning so much from one another because there's so much more information out there. Um, you know, and, and I thought that was a great um, opportunity to, to look at your situation and realize that you don't want to be one dimensional, right? You don't want to be uh, in, in one single setting, putting all your focus there. And the, and the schema thing was a great, uh, was a perfect Um, Way to look at that, you know, as a look at the situation as a blogger in which your business is running and go, why would I want to be focused on social media at all when my blog is doing so well? Or why would I want to create video content when my blog is doing so well? Well, now, you know, with that little tidbit that we picked up, you become validated by the wider and the more uh, influential you are across platform than you do on specific individual one and like even if it's just a tiny amount it all helps right it brings the entire ship of your brand up so that was a great point there and i and i have i've got tons of notes and everything from long tail and short tail keywords and using tools like sem rush and you know brad and i have tossed around the the idea of doing some more informative content for the show specifically on that blogger stuff and as we continue to grow and learn you know if you guys want to hear more Shoot us a message, right? If you want to hear more direct type shows on building a blog, we've done the general. We've done a couple steps on getting you there. But if you want to hear about a tool like, say, SEM Rush or something like that, let us know. We're always looking for show topics coming from the audience. And that's another thing I think we got some great input on at the event was how many of our listeners were resonating with our our recent shows, uh, especially that burnout show, right?
0: Yeah, that one people were really all over that one. They were like, "Man, I'm so glad you talked about that because that's such a real thing and it's it's a struggle." And uh and I actually incorporated that very heavily into my presentation. Um just because of that and and knowing how much people were really getting into it and um yeah, so I, I think the SEO one was awesome, Scott. Thank you for that. Um the uh what what was what was another one for you that you cuz I think you went to a couple I didn't go to. Yeah, I mean, I
1: loved so uh, Sarah from Ugly Duckling DIY. She her blog is called the Ugly Duckling House. Uh, did a class on Pinterest, as you know, uh, Brad and I both use Pinterest. But uh, you know, she has three million plus Pinterest followers. She knows what she's doing. She it's a very valuable tool to her. Um, so I went learned about that um, and and got some great uh, insights on someone who's doing it at a high level. Um, and and I thought that was extremely worthwhile. And I well, I just enjoyed that I could go and choose classes at each um, like blocked segment that I knew I needed to work on or I could just go hang out with my friends, right? There was like enough there that like we went to Paul and Zach's class on um, F the system and we were joking because their concept of the class was (laughs) screw (laughs) screw how you build a normal business and it was just very (laughs) anti-MFP. But what I saw the value in that was you can look at any successful business and you can't always peel back the layers and see what's going on behind the scenes to get there and we talk about a lot of the underlying information that they were speaking about when it comes to staying inspired and hard work and putting in the hours Um, and you know they just they just kind of uh, modeled it to look a little bit different but it may not be core mfp growth strategies that they were talking about but we were still able to pull a little bit from like you know Wow. It's a it's like Zach made a great point that if you want to grow into a specific aspect of your business that you should be paying um, a someone doing it at a higher level for their time in order to teach you specifically. And we may not realize this, but like, you know, I pay multiple business coaches outside of uh, just calling you all the time, Brad and (laughs) and get uh, and get a lot of valuable information on things that I'm trying to learn and trying to get better at. And I know you've taken some woodworking courses and stuff specifically on the craft that have helped you become a better builder. And like, we, we've just done that subconsciously. Zach makes it a direct point
0: of his business to do that kind of thing. Um I think it's yeah, hugely valuable. to learn valuable. a new skill. Yeah. And I think the, the one he was talking about, like when he started doing um, his business, the whole thing he's done this year is he's learned how to forge hammers. And he's been, I don't even know what number he's at now, 60, 70 plus, um, but he is, that's how he's making his income. And he uh, is a is a blacksmith. Like I mean, that, he's been doing that for a while, but he didn't know how to do hammers. And so he went and found somebody he wanted to learn from, paid them, mm-hmm. and and went and to their shop and spent three or four days or whatever and learned how to forge a hammer. And then took that skill set and now, like I said, he has he has sold you know close to a hundred hammers now, and that has been paying his bills. So like. You make that upfront investment, and I think he mentioned, you know, a couple thousand dollars. So let's just say it's a couple thousand dollars. Um, You know, you pay a couple thousand dollars for a class, and then you turn that into something that is an asset for your business in the form of skill set, in the form of a new product. And I look at the, I honestly, I look at WorkbenchCon the same way. Mm -hmm. When I first started, uh, I was talking about my live uh, on Sunday night. I, I do a live every Sunday night on Instagram, if you guys didn't know. Um, but I was talking about, uh, just a wrap up and my thing was like, um, I met a ton of people like I, I, I still remember. So like when I started, I know like, as you started, John, you've been around for a while when you went to the first, you know, the, this, the, uh, whatever the, the workbench con last year, right? Mm-hmm. So you were pretty well established. When I went to my first conference, it was called Haven conference. Uh, it, it's still a thing. And it's actually the people who did workbench con were actually the same that, that were doing Haven. I went in 2015 and, uh, I didn't know anything I had like, I don't know, I had a decent following on Instagram, but it wasn't huge at that point. It was maybe, uh, you know, 30,000 or something like that. So it was nowhere near what I have now. Uh, and I didn't even have a YouTube channel at the time. And I was completely starstruck, right? You know, I'm seeing like all these people, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's has been Right. <laughs> and, you know, oh like, my goodness. The concrete I know, like, master. Let's see, you uh, know, Mandy Gubler and like all these huge people and Shane Duchic, all these huge people in the blog space again, because this wasn't, there were like no YouTubers there or, or maybe just very few that had side things. Well, you weren't even a YouTuber then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so, uh, anyway, but I, I still remember being in those shoes and going. And I thought, do I really want to spend 350 bucks on a ticket? Plus, and luckily enough, it was in Atlanta, so I could drive, but then a hotel and da da da. And so I think it's the same thing. Like people think about conferences and they think I don't want to spend that money to go hang out with my friends. I saw that comment several times in Instagram posts before the event or even or Facebook. I I can't remember, but I saw it very, uh, you know, I saw it a few times at least. And I think it's like that that's what people react to when like, they're like, I don't want to spend the money. I think they're like, Oh, like that that's ridiculous. You know, like I, I don't want to spend money. Just go hang out with my friends. Uh, and I think when you put that mindset in it, you're you're missing the whole point. Yeah. Like that's not you're adding like just like what Zach did. You're adding skills to your toolkit. You're adding assets to your business in the form of knowledge and things that you can do. And if you go take Scott's class and you go and become number one in Google for the search for, uh, you know, flip top tool stand plans. And then that sells $300 worth of plans. Well, guess what? I just sold, I just paid for my ticket off that one tip off that one class.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I had, I can't even count how many conversations with individuals asking about my specific strategies and moves as a product producer, moving into content. Uh, you know, why my outlook on certain aspects of business and where it's at right now. And Just even individualized uh, moments where I was able to answer very specific questions to our individual listeners um, based on their own experience. And you can say that, you know, it was paying a few bucks to go hang out with your friends. But like I feel I feel the overall feeling at the show is. Like everyone's learning when they're in the show, you know, when we're having a couple of drinks and we're singing karaoke after that's a that's a little bit different. But even I was talking to the Shani sisters for the first time and we were talking about, you know, the development of the blogger community into the YouTube community and how we're all trying to win together and how awesome it is to see someone like themselves pay to go to the show. Right. Like they are right. huge influencers within uh, the maker community, especially the blogger community. And they paid to be there. So like if they see value in being there and they're doing so many things right, there's obviously a ton of value to learn. Um, And that's kind of the perception I have on shows is like, you know, what can I get out of it? Not so much what it costs. And if I'm able to look at a show like like, for instance, we have spring make coming up here um, in April. If I'm able to look at a show and go, you know, what skills do I want to learn specifically and who's doing that in which I can latch on to and specifically gain that knowledge from uh, that's where I make my decisions on that. And then I figure out how to pay for it after. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm coming from sports where I, I've said this so many times is I try to, you know, attach myself to this person doing it way better than me at the top and then just suckle all the information I can't from them. And, you know, in in those uh, teaching environments, I feel like it's more prone to have those type of conversations instead of being like. You know, hey dude, let's go down to the brewery, uh, you know, a block away from your shop, and I'd like to pick your brain on growth strategies for Instagram marketing and converting it into, you know, paid clientele. Like that's a <laughs> that's even more difficult to just stir that conversation up instead of being in an environment where that's all anyone's talking about. Um, so that's what I love right. about th- that show. And then you look at something like Spring Make, and that's even going to be more. That's going to be way more hands-on. That's going to be something where I'm going to actually be able to build with you know, Zach and Jimmy Doresta and a couple other of the makers I admire in the shop Learn some tics, tips and techniques. And, um, you know, I, I was having an actual conversation with a few of our listeners who were like, man, like, are, you're going to be teaching at Spring Make, right? Like you're going to be doing like in the shop, like metalworking stuff, because I am so stoked to learn how to like make metal fabricated bases for my wooden furniture and i was like yeah that's that's exactly what it is so it's those environments i think if you look at it with a directive of like wanting to learn something specific like for instance when we saw that seo class we talked about it like weeks in advance like definitely going to go to scott's class like both of us can learn from this and then we kind of went our own ways for a couple other things and then you know ended up uh Conversing about what we learned, but that was one thing where we were like, "Boom, we can both learn." That class was well worth it to me for the the price of the admission to the show, Um, just because I know I'm going to be able to make that amount back after the fact. I think when you approach shows that way, that's how they can become more valuable, right? Instead of just seeing this high dollar price point, um, you know, how can you work that learning experience back into making money for your business? And if you can't, well, then that's when you don't go to the show. Like for me to go to Haven would probably be overload. Uh, And to pay to go there, you know, I I, um, probably should go there just to learn as a blogger. But, um, you know, for me to go to a forestry event, for instance, and learn how to chainsaw carve um, is probably not going to be valuable to my business. It would be a blast, but I doubt I'm going to be selling custom chainsaw carvings anytime soon. So making that money back within the business, uh, you know, you can easily
0: see how something could be exciting and fun. But potentially yeah. but not it, be like it has development to hit the business. Exactly. It has to hit. So, and, and it doesn't. Right. Obviously, uh, for John and I uh, work and spring make fit perfectly uh, like maybe these these might not be the conferences for you. Right. So maybe you do want to go to that, you know, forestry, like whatever, like something that is more sawmill driven. Like there are lots and lots of different conferences out there. So I don't want this to seem like I mean, we're obviously going on and on about it because because this is like right in our wheelhouse you know, we're, we're speaking at these events and like, we are so uh, engaged in them. But uh, if you're like, eh, like if you're maybe a leather worker, like, you know, maybe you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't, that's not quite, even though there were a bunch of leather workers well, there. And blacksmiths. And blacksmiths. Um, but like for that learning, at least, you know, going there and, and the learning of, of new techniques, I am sure there are things. And if there's not conferences, there's classes, you know, and, in hardcore woodworking, right? Mm-hmm. There's, the William Ng School, the Mark Adams School—I mean, there's all these these hand, uh, you know, hands-on experience classes that you can also go to. So, you know, conference looks different ways, and and I think this one was really cool because it did uh, include a lot of a of, of a lot of different things. It wasn't very, it wasn't super laser focused on like one topic. There was a broad band of topics that you could go to. So, one of the other ones that uh, I really enjoyed was, um, and it's funny because these are our buddies, uh, you know, Mike and Chris from the Modern Maker Podcast, did a, a course on, uh, you know, basically making a video from A to Z. And they talked about equipment. They talked about, you know, how to shoot. They talked about styles. They talked about lighting. It was, it was really cool. But one of the things that I, I really enjoyed at the end, too, was there, they, uh, Chris did like a kind of like a hands-on thumbnail. And he took like a picture of one of the pieces that he did and showed like where he started from the picture to where he ended up. And, uh, Dude, you know, the ta- like, he's it's so cool so to see. He is. I was, I was just like, I was like, my, my Photoshop doesn't even work that way. How did, how did you do <laughs> uh, it? I was like super I, extra paid for. I don't know what I, yeah, I'm I have to, a I a tester. <laughs> I know I have to call him, but, uh, he, I think the big takeaway that, um, you know, that, that I got out of that class specifically was just like two things really. One was, um, Contrast and brightness. So when you're thinking about a thumbnail specifically, and when you're th- this goes to Instagram too, I believe, um, a, a little bit more is that when you're looking and trying to get um recognized among the masses, so somebody's swiping through their feed, or uh whether that's on an Instagram platform or on YouTube, is that you almost want to you edit it, you edit that photo a different way than you would a traditional photo that you put in a portfolio or on a blog post where you've already kind of got their attention and now they're just really looking at the details of it. Uh, and they're, you know, they're like, Hey, you want to, you want to get more contrast. So you want those colors to really pop or they're just to be just a lot of contrast where it sticks out. It's not just monotone. It's, it's more contrasty and there's more punch between, you know, the, the highs and the lows, the lights and the darks, the colors, and doing that helps be an eye grabber. As well as, like, the you know, again, depending upon what kind of shot you're going for, uh, the the brightness and the lighting are super important. So, when you're editing a thumbnail uh, or editing something that's small, that's gonna be, especially that's gonna be digested on mobile, is that it's gotta like literally like you punch the people in the face, right? You're like, oh, it's, it, I, I like to call it the, the scroll stopper, right? They're, yeah, they're like scrolling have through that, their feed, scroll stop mindset. Yeah, where they're like, oh, what is that? Like, this is different than the other ones because this is, it's got a lot of contrast, you know, to a sense where you don't want to like completely blow it out and make it look weird. But um, I think that was a great takeaway to edit thumbnails differently and to edit those um, in a way that is, is is just a bit more punchy. And I know, you know, some people don't like throwing filter, you know, the hashtag no filter. It's like, well, that's great. But guess what? Um, filters are a great way to, you're not misleading. Like, you know, you don't want to like, and I have seen this where it's like you see one picture and then you see the next picture, and it's like the it's the same background, but the background looks completely different because they've like blown out all the contrast and the yeah. saturation to make like the grain of the wood look really, really, you know, to make it look like something it's actually not. So I wouldn't necessarily suggest that, but um, that was a really good takeaway for me is 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 a reminder um to to remember how your audience is digesting. Your stuff. So if you're editing for a portfolio that you're going to send somebody a PDF, if you're trying to sell products, you want to edit that very differently than you edit the thumbnail for the YouTube video. Yeah, or, and that's or hard or to wrap Instagram. your brain around, you know, for like me looking at it
1: and going, well, this, this photograph is beautiful. It has great, you know, contrast. All right, and, yeah. And like the shadows are perfect because I have overhead. That's not what someone clicking on a YouTube thumb is thinking about. But Chris… You know, he's a great example of someone who's he's done a little bit of custom furniture. He's talks about it in a few few of his videos, but like has un- he has unbelievable thumbnails one and has been crushing it out the gate. Like he started off like punching yeah. it in the face. And so, yeah. you know, what comes with that is the skill set and how he, you know, fell into his core audience and and the realizations that he made along the way. And you and I have been you're kind of growing together um, in this YouTube thing and you're finally hitting that stride too where you're like you like I mean you're you're on point right now and we know that we've talked about it on the show and I'm still kind of in that discovery mode and even as someone who's doing it at a pretty high level looking at you know something as I guess that that feels as minute or as normal as a YouTube start to finish like uh, I guess crash course or whatever their class was on, you could still pull amazing information and get that kind of tidbit out of it to which you can apply to whatever you're doing at a high level and still continue to get better. And that's what I love about these shows. And that's what I love about the audience of these shows as well, is that like we watched so many individuals um, who didn't show up come a year ago that have essentially exploded onto the scene this year um, with their YouTube content creation specifically attend the show and you would think it like that's kind of like counterintuitive right like oh you're right. crushing it right now what do you need to be here for but no it's like oh i'm so thirsty for more like, uh, like, I, I want to know and I got to know. And even a couple of them taught. I know um Mike from Modestrial Maker taught a class this year. Um, his channel is absolutely exploding. We got to get a lot of uh, time talking to Johnny from Johnny Builds, whose channel is on a rampage right now. And we were just so excited to see it. And then another uh, another guy who's uh, <laughs> Chris is a little bit more quiet, but I've been personally watching his channel. absolutely go bananas is third coast craftsman. um, He's crushing. He was just like in the last year post, I would say workbench con and, and and last year um, went full time, hired a videographer and has watched his channel like quadruple. And he's doing like hand cut fine furniture, um, which is not very easy to execute on in an entertaining way. So you can see even like some of the um, individuals who were perhaps on the up and coming last year explode onto the scene and could easily just go, Oh no, I got this figured out. I don't need to go to conferences, uh, you know, and stay home, showing up at these shows, taking, you know, notes and, uh, and jumping into conversations and none of the, and only, I guess, only Mike taught there, you know, Johnny and Chris were just hanging out and, and, and soaking in the info yeah, and that's going kind of, to the class. And that's like what I did. You know, things. I didn't teach this year and I w- I think one, I was able to learn a ton from understanding like the core audience of, of kind of who uh was watching my content and the type of individual coming to check or ask me questions and stuff. And um, it, it's great perception too. You're able to get feedback in an intimate setting on things that you don't get from just chilling behind your computer screen, you know? And, and, yeah. and that's something that I think is, that's a reason I love this show. Um, that's a reason we love doing the podcast is because, there's like no drop when you get to a show or something, you get to an event and you're able to talk to someone who listens to it. There's that immediate understanding of like, Hey, I listened to made for profit and you and I are just like, yes, what do you want to crush? And how can we provide value to each other? And like, those are those, um, those are the situations. And, and just harping more a little bit on the, why we find shows to be important or events like that is just because of the of those interactions, you know, and, and I could name probably 10 individuals whom I spoke with, who have smaller accounts that are either brand new or trying to grow or trying to get into content whom I truly felt like we were able to connect on a personal basis to where I was able to help them do something that I made a mistake doing years ago. And when you do go to those shows with the intent of learning from someone doing it at a higher level, I feel like that's where you can get those questions answered and they're worth their weight in gold uh, and, and, you know, screw the price tag on the show. Those are the instances that are, that are priceless, that make it worth going back time after time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Totally. Like having the, having the wherewithal to, to come in early and then as a noob, you know, and and learn and then continue to come because, and then at some point too, right. I mean, in in a little bit, and I know this is not going to apply to a lot, but I think you know, the way that we feel and, and it translates itself into speaking sometimes as well is that we love to go to support the community, right? Like that's part of like, as we go and as we were going, we're like, dude, I'm so excited to talk to MFP listeners about their businesses and just talk to, you know, me specifically giving my class. Like, I'm so excited that I can reach out to the community in a larger form and answer questions, Um, you know, give a presentation that I think is going to be really helpful as well as give uh, give the chance for folks to come up. I mean, that was like, that was like the most humbling thing, man. I I know like being just, just to, to give a little shout out to everybody, like to all of you that came up to, to John or myself and was just like, you know, thank you so much. Like you got me creating, you, you helped me do this. You helped me do that. Like, that's why we're here. We're here to, to help you know, educate, inspire, and entertain. And that's why we do what we do. And so when we see that, and then we see people having their own channels or like saying like, hey, I went full time and, you know, you guys pushed me over the edge or it's like, you know, you helped me with this one specific piece that helped me go full time. Like that is so huge. Uh, I I just love it. And it makes everything that we do just so much more rich and so much worth it. And it just really like, so then going to those shows at that point, not even necessarily for what I'm going to learn every single time, but it's like, I can't wait to meet that person who's going to be the next person coming on the scene and who's going to like, you know, I'm I'm going to meet somebody and they're going to like blow past me in in two or three years yeah, and absolutely. Like, or one year or whatever. And I think
1: and I think the uh, ability to, you know, you and I look at the uh, maker community as a, a ship rising with the tide. Right. And like we're just that's why we have the show. You know, we we don't make a ton of money from made for profit basically just pay for it kind of thing but like we love providing this value and we see the value within the community and I think um, something that is really cool to notice is that the um, the, the the speech at the end that um, Jen and Anna put on they were talking about you know getting a bigger piece of the pie for the entire community and how important they think that all of us being in this together um, really is uh, for the growth of everything and what you don't typically see in other communities is that kind of mindset, that team aspirational mindset, because they're mostly trying to chomp off, you know, sponsorships and views on on things that most people aren't collectively trying to grow together. Um, and I thought that was one of the most beautiful aspects of this show. Besides, you know, the warm and (laughs) accommodating feeling that I was getting from just newly being engaged and being recognized as like an adult in this scenario by so many people, (laughs) I didn't even know paid attention to my content, was seeing the other end of the spectrum where people were feeling like, you know, John, we loved that episode on burnout. It was fantastic. I've I've been feeling that. And it's uh, something that I loved hearing you and Brad talk about on a personal level um, and getting to. Really feel how we're all in this collectively together and how, you know, we're going to definitely be watching a lot of content creators and smaller number wise accounts growing in their influence in the next couple of years uh, and hopefully coming back to the show and they're going to, you know, be able to be speakers there and be given keynotes and just uh, showing that with some uh, hard work and, you know, putting your mindset to a goal. And going and actually putting your time and effort into attaining it with attending these shows and listening to our podcast and getting coaching and all that, that you can, you know, achieve what you're trying to do in a relatively short period of time. Um, I can't ever say I've been in an environment where it was as all encompassing as, you know, WorkbenchCon was last week or as these shows are. We were sitting there with. You would have thought we'd all played on the same football team in high school with the amount of um, camaraderie that was happening before and after the show. And, you know, usually it's like, you know, me, you, Johnny, maybe Mike or someone going to grab dinner. And it was like, nope, 40 of us, like rolling deep, rolling rolling heavy. (laughs) And there was no drop off on whether you were a content creator or you've been in this game forever or you were brand new. Like everyone feels like we're all on the same team. And that's something that I think is truly valuable, especially in a craft like woodworking or making where you can be alone a lot of the time, you know, to get that sort of feeling of um, inclusiveness and being part of an actual real community, not just one that YouTube coaches tell you, you know, build community. Right. No, this is real. Like, this is why we talk about building a tribe. This is why you and I are so ingrained in it is because it's real. Um, And I think that, you know, I think that was the biggest thing I took away from Workbench Con was, Wow. Is this community like unbelievable?
0: Yeah, I totally agree, man. And the last thing I did want to hit on because we just we haven't talked about it. and It was a huge piece um, is the ability to actually talk face to face, shake hands with brands and sponsors. And I know that um, I, I slightly feel sorry for uh, all the, the sponsors that were there. Because they are fielding 497 emails right now <laughs> from all the people that they met, but I'm sure they love it, and that's why they go. So there were, you know, I don't know, 20 at least 20 brands there, if not 30. Uh, and, and again, some of the big players in our space, and going in and just being able to shake a hand. And I've been working with some of these folks for you know over a year. And, um, just being able to talk to them and, and like I said, like see them like, oh, this is what you look like. Now I, now I know like the, the voice on the other end of the phone has a face and, and the voice on the other end of the DM or the message and the email, like once you've met somebody and we talked about this in our networking, uh, episode long ago, but, uh, there's such value in that connection. Um, uh, especially if you can, uh, you know, grab a drink or dinner, uh, you know, m- Talking to somebody at the show is great, but it that doesn't um that doesn't necessarily, you know, tie it together as much as an experience does. They always talk about, you know, experiences are things that tie the bond of relationships. Yeah. And and what that is, is because then, like, like this. I mean, it, it still is like meeting at WorkbenchCon, you'll talk about, oh yeah, I remember when we, we met at WorkbenchCon. Or I remember, dude, do you remember that guy with at, at the bar where we were down at WorkbenchCon? Like he was dancing on the bar. Like, even though like you just being there together to observe something else, not that you're out like getting crazy, uh, but just being able to share that experience. I mean, that is is so, so huge on all sides of it, obviously, with other makers, well, yeah, uh, I mean, peers wow. and then sponsors as well. The
1: woodworking show in 2016 in Atlanta, the Atlanta woodworking show. Like that's how made for profit came to be. Right. And, yep. you know, we we'd been friends on phone calls and uh, but you didn't get that face-to-face interaction. Like we didn't get to eat, you know, some Gorditas, uh, some before that, gorditas and We didn't get and- to drink some Bud Lights <laughs> before then. So I think that yeah, that's hugely valuable aspect of these shows. And we even watched a podcast launch live at WorkbenchCon with three makers within the community whom um <clears throat> have probably been planning that for a long time. And like it was so cool to see it come to fruition. And those are only those type of things are only able to happen, like you said, when you get that face-to-face interaction. And on the other end then you get to add value to the brands personally instead of you know just over email and you submitting content for approval and running that like circle kind of that goes along right. with content creation it's like nope, get to grab a you know grab dinner with so and so hang out talk talk about something outside of just work for once you know and, and and build those relationships for long-term development on both ends that yeah great point there it's huge value add to both sides of the picture
0: yeah, it is. So uh, you know we could we can wax poetic for longer, but we'll we'll leave it there. The point being that um, we are are huge proponents of working yourself into these opportunities to meet with other makers, meet with other brands, and to learn and to get yourself in front of new skill sets, whether that's um, doing it something with your hand or the back end, you know digital process of your content creation, whatever it is, uh, and for us for last week, WorkbenchCon, you know, scratched all those itches and it was awesome. And we uh, were so glad to to meet everybody. And, like you know, this this is a, it's a ticketed event and they sold out. Right. So mm. even if you all did want to go, you can't all go. Mm. <laughs> that's that's the downside of it. Right. So uh, but, you know, figure out what that is, even if it's something local uh, and if even if it's just a local woodworkers guild, something like that, they have like our local woodworkers guild. Um, you know, they're asking me to come do an Instagram thing. And so you can, there are other opportunities that also maybe aren't, you know, some will even be free. Some will be paid. But, uh, I think that's the thing is, is seek those things out and they're really, really beneficial.
1: And if you're looking to just dive into the community a little bit more, you're just getting your toes wet, perhaps you're new to made for profit and you'd like to engage within the community. You can head on over to our Facebook group. And join our MFP tribe over there. And you can find that at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe. We noticed that there was just so many amazing connections happening before we even got to the show within our group. And then you watched them just in person pop off and how many like uh, just beautiful relationships are happening and amazing uh, type situations that were digitally that are now physical um, you know, and, and it was just so cool to see. So if you're new to the show, if you perhaps just started listening because you saw us out there, um, make sure you're heading on over to Facebook and
0: joining the MFB tribe. Yeah. Yeah. We're almost a thousand strong over there and there's some really rich conversations going And And another awesome group is our patrons who we're going to go head over and do our after show now. Uh, and, and big shout out to all of our patrons and former patrons. Uh, we understand patronage, you know, f- uh, comes and goes and, and, uh, and we just appreciate Uh, The support that we've gotten from all of you, whether you're a current or past or future patron, uh, we really do appreciate it. But if you want to hear more about any of these things, uh, we talked about several links. Just head over to madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 87 and all the links will be there. All right, John, let's go hit this after show, man. Let's do it.